have it on my phone. Blog Talk Radio. I got it on my phone. Woke up this morning and something's changed. Just wanna laugh, just wanna dance. And if I'm lucky, gonna get some romance. Whoa! Everybody, that was uh, Judy and Gil Snyder's words. Uh, they were my clients years ago, and um, I still uh, Judy Snyder's been on the show, and her husband, neurologist, he's a Gil. They write now songs, so I said, "All right, this is a happy song. I think we need happy times now." <laughs> and uh, everybody wants to wake up and feel good instead of going like, "Oh no!" <laughs> but okay, so just a few words. Everybody, vote, vote, vote and wear masks, and then we should be in good shape fairly soon. So take care, everybody, with that message in, right out there. Then I have great news. Fran has also agreed to be on the show with Brian. She always has wonderful shows, and she has been sharing some of her friends with me. So I'm very glad to have <laughs> them on. So um, Brian Freeman is on and Fran, and um, we'll let Brian talk first. So, Brian, so good to have you here. I hear you on Fran's show all the time. And uh, tell everybody a little bit about yourself. You have a lot about yourself. Actually, I could just probably say nothing, and you could talk for all this time. You've got a lot going on. So tell everybody what's happening. Sure. Well, it's great to be here with both of you. It's always great to, to talk to Fran and, and Marcia. Nice to have yes. a chance to have a conversation with you as well. Uh, yeah, yes, you know, for you. all of the, the the crazy, crazy, craziness of 2020, um, for mm-hmm. uh, for me and, and for my wife, Marcia, this has really been uh, a, an amazing year in the book business uh, for a lot of reasons. Uh, first of all, it's my 15th anniversary in publishing. So it was 15 wow. years ago this fall that my very first book, Immoral, uh, came out, and uh, now here we are, 15 years, and I think 22 books later. Uh, so uh, you know, and I, I look and back all of them on, have great reviews, uh, every one of them. Well, thank you, thank you. I, you know, and I what I what I really love is the opportunity to do so many different things. I mean, you know, I, I you know I I never like to get sort of stuck, you know, telling the same stories over and over again. I always like to be able to to find something new for the readers, whether it's in in the, the, the types of characters, the type of settings, the type of stories. And this year has been a great example of that. Uh, I uh, in in addition to being my 15th anniversary, it's, it's also, uh, I've, I've had three books already out in the marketplace this year. Uh, in January, Great. I released a standalone thriller called Thief River Falls, and uh, we've had such an amazing run with Thief River Falls. Uh, there was actually uh, uh, Amazon a couple of weeks ago put out uh, a notice about their, their uh, Amazon charts bestseller list, and uh, they were listing the uh, top 10 most selling mysteries and thrillers of 2020 so far. And, uh, and there was Steve River Falls on the list alongside books by uh, you know, David Baldacci and Harlan Coben and Stephen King. Uh, and, uh, and there was Steve River Falls right among them. So uh, that, that was truly, truly amazing. And, terrific. and, uh, uh, and, it, and that, that's a very, that's a very important book to me. It's a very intense, emotional kind of thriller, which is exactly what I, I like to write. And then, uh, 
in July, uh, I released something completely different. Uh, I uh, uh, was selected by the Robert Ludlum estate to take over the Jason Bourne series, and so I, that's I put out my first. Right, that's yeah. It was that's it was incredible. such an amazing honor. Uh, you know, I, I've been a, a Ludlum fan my whole life, and uh, I, I can remember reading the Bourne Identity back uh, in 1980 when I was all of 17 years old. So to to have you know, a book coming right, out that has right. both my name and, and Ludlum's name on the cover is you know, just an amazing experience. Uh, and now, uh, just this uh, this past month, uh, my newest Jonathan Stride novel, my Duluth Police Lieutenant, which is uh, it's my longest running series. This is the tenth book in the Stride series. Funeral for a Friend came out, and and I've had such a wonderful response from readers uh, about this book. Uh, you know, I mean, when you're writing a long running series. Uh, you're you're always looking for ways, you know, to, to keep it fresh and, and keep people excited about the characters. And I've had so many people, both new fans who have found Stride and, and read this book like a standalone, uh, and then existing Stride readers who've been with me for a long time who have said, you know, gosh, this is this is just the best Stride book yet. So, uh, so th- that's been the the year so far. But we're not even done uh, with with that because uh, that's great. Uh, my, that's incre- uh, my, I mean, it is good. that's good selling. because you know a lot of people can't focus, so it's really great that you can. This is a good thing what? to hear. <laughs> yeah, it's it it it's been it's been kind of crazy busy for for uh, for a couple of years now. Uh, but uh, you know, I love what I do. I love being able to tell different stories, and 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 that's what it's all about. And uh, uh, in a couple of weeks, I've got actually another book coming out, uh, the paperback wow. edition of my uh, my audio uh, bestseller, The Deep Deep Snow, comes out on October twenty seventh. So, uh, uh, so yeah, it's been it's been quite a year, and uh, and and I'm in the midst of. Uh, 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 writing uh, three books this year as well, so I, I'm, you know, it's either I'm going to have a lot more for readers again next year, or, or I'll be institutionalized. I think it's probably still right. a little bit of an open question. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, no, right. But especially when you're writing deep, deep psychological thrillers. All right, Fran, yeah. tell everybody, Fran, yeah. uh, tell everybody about yourself. And um, there's a lot to tell. We always talk about, you know, your guests, so you could talk about you right now. Okay, my last book is sort of like getting mixed reviews. It's called What If. What if you lived in a world that I created? Would you understand that the one we're in is not so great, but you could sort of adapt? The dark stories that will make you wonder and think, hopefully appreciate life, if it ever gets back to normal again. And yeah, there that's, a, that's, that's the question. What if? What yeah, if? what would the world be in a different place? And what if your life was not your own? Think about it when you read the stories and the poems. Um, I got criticized because my sister is the reason why I'm doing this, and I miss her. So my sister always said to be original and try new things and new ventures, and somebody didn't like the fact that I dedicated the book to her, and I really don't care. Well, that's ridiculous. I mean, that's you know, I mean, that's the other thing. That's yeah. the other side of the coin here. When you get, you know, that has nothing to do with your book. You know, I mean, I know. it's um, you know, who you dedicated it to. I mean, that that's like that's unfair. But that's how it goes. You know, that's how it is now. But you have another book that you're thinking of writing, and the name is. I, know I have a temporary <laughs> title. Don't ask. A good one. It's called What's Next: The New right. World. And what would happen if all of the continents except for four were destroyed and you had to live in circumstances that I won't say that are going to make it even hard, but once you get to decide which one of the continents you want to live in, you can't go anywhere. You have to just deal with it. 
So wow, it's going to be. Yeah, I know it's scary. That, that's that's on the dark side. Not a happy peppy story. Like I write the romantic because I think I need that. All right, so you know, let's start with maybe the characters. You know, Brian, what you were saying is that your people like. Jonathan Stride now, and they never read him before. Mm-hmm. So, how? And and actually, I was reading a lot of your reviews, and they're saying, you know, that they're still excited for your books on the same character, and that's really a wonderful thing when they still like your character as much as you do writing it, and it's you have a lot of books with the same character, and people are always afraid maybe that people won't, but you also add a lot of other characters too, so. When you're deciding if you write a series, are you deciding that at the beginning or are you just, if people really like it and you really like it, you don't want to let go and you keep going? How do you make that decision of how you want to stay involved with the character? Yeah, you know, I think it's really a question of does a character have more stories to tell? And uh, and, and if so, then you, you've got different right. ways to, to help that character <laughs> evolve. And, you know, particularly when you're looking at a long-running series like, like the Stride series, as I say, I think Funeral for a Friend is the 10th novel in the Stride series. Uh, it, people will always ask, well, how long are you going to keep it going? How long are you going to be telling, you know, Stride novels? And, and I always say, you know, it, it's really a function of, you know the the character, and does the character continue to have room to grow and change and evolve? Uh, when you meet Stride in Funeral for a Friend, he's a very different man today than he was, you know, when he first met him in my my first book, Immoral, because you know all, he's changed and evolved based on all the things that have happened to him in the intervening books, and uh, that's why I never like to plan Stride too far ahead. I, I don't like to really, right. you know, think that far about what's going to be happening in the next book because ultimately what happens to the characters is, is, is going to depend on sort of how their lives change in the course of any given book. And, and so as long as, as long as their lives continue to, to evolve and change in fresh and, and, and surprising ways, then it's, it's going to be fun for the readers and it's going to be fun for me. And, and I think if a writer right. reaches a point where they're, they're sort of tired of their characters and they're, they're really not excited about diving in and, and, and continuing their stories, well, it seems like that's a, that's a good time to think about, you know, hanging right. up and that's, doing something else. That's a good way to look at it, right. And, Fran, when you're reading, all the, you know, because you read so much, mm-hmm. you know, I, I you know, how do you feel about that when you because I I've hear I've heard you all the time because I listen to all your shows and I talk to you all the time but we you know about reading you're you're very excited when you read certain authors you know when you, as soon as you see their book you're thrilled That's and true, so how do you feel about that when you right how do you feel about your authors about that because you really have you know you get what they say you understand it you really read it from beginning to end. Oh yeah, you don't just read the back cover of somebody else's and give a review. <laughs> so how do you no, do this? No. I mean, because it's a it's a process that you have, which is why it's, you it's like to even... have the book in front of you. Which is why you That's like the right. book in front of you. Well, first Tell of all, Brian process. knows that I'm guilty of the minute he puts something on Facebook, I'm going to say, "Where's my copy?" Like right now, <laughs> right. <laughs> he knows that. Right. And and I did something today that I got really, you know, somebody put something that he's got print copies of his book, and I said, I'm very disappointed because I never got it. And I was really kind of hurt because I've done every one of these books. Um, Mm. What I love about Jonathan Stride is you never know what he's going to do. And at the end of Funeral for a Friend, I'm not going to tell you, you wonder what he's going to do. And I'm hoping that, um, well, 
I don't know, Brian, are you going to put Kat as a separate, like, standalone and give her more of her own time, or Maggie, no, I or... I, yeah, I haven't decided yet. I mean, the, it, it certainly leaves... I've, I've sort of opened up some interesting doors for where the, the characters go next, and, and mm-hmm. certainly, particularly, I think a character like Kat could could easily kind of uh, support a series on her own, but um, but I haven't decided what to, to do. I, I'm you know, hopefully going to be diving into a new stride book soon. So uh, those mm-hmm. are some of the things that I'll be, I'll be answering the questions on as I kind of take a look at where they are in their lives. Because honestly, when I'm thinking about a new series book, that's my first question. I, I don't really start with the plot. I really start with where the characters mm-hmm. are and, and kind of what's going to be happening next yeah, in their that's lives. A really, and, and that's what, a good thing to, to say. That's a really good thing to say because I think people don't understand. Mm. Sometimes they're still with you, you know, your characters. And I, like Fran and I were talking the other day, and she was mentioning about my Virginia Templeton character. And yeah. I know I haven't written another book like that, but I will because she's in my head, and I have lots of stories because I'm making lots of notes, and she's really there. So a lot of times you do keep characters in your head, and it doesn't all come out. Like, I think people think that just because you end the book means you end how you feel about your characters, but that's not true. Because you are thinking sometimes you'll watch something and you probably go, oh, look at that. That's what they would do, you know, and it comes back to you, everything you wrote, because that character's in you and how you write for other characters. They're, they're always, they don't leave you. They're like friends, I guess, I mean, like, or enemy. I don't know. I'd, I'd say friends, wouldn't you? That they're still with you. That's yeah, why mine that's, are all dead. That's why mine are all dead. So they, they, they do something wrong, they're gone. Bye. You better not have to worry about it. After 10 years, too. we're still friends, right? Hopefully you won't use that's me right. in one of your books. <laughs> I haven't killed off everybody Brian. that I know, but yeah, you never know. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, what about uh, how do you feel about these characters of yours? I, I can tell by what you said already; they're still with you. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and that's one of the things that makes uh, standalone uh, novels uh, a, a more different and sometimes more difficult creative experience because yeah. you you know that you're not going to be meeting those characters again, and and when you shut the door on that manuscript, yeah. uh, it, it's it's kind of a grieving process. I mean, you're saying goodbye to the characters, yeah. and you know you're un, you're unlikely to to meet them again. So that's that's something about a series book that there's actually a little bit of comfort in, and I think that's one of the reader reasons that readers. Uh, also really, you know, enjoy and embrace series books is because, you know, they know they're going to get a chance to, to see those characters again, and it's like meeting up with old friends. Uh, but yeah. when you read a standalone, you've kind of captured those characters at that peak dramatic moment of their lives, and, and you can't really, you know, recreate that. And so they, they, they exist in the, the space of that one story, but then they kind of have to go off and live the rest of their lives, you know, uh, apart from you as the writer. Right. Like Fran and I were talking about this because I have a new book coming out and I was deciding what title, but it's with two characters. It was taken from a screenplay and the two characters are Leo and Gracie. And uh, I was talking to Fran about this, the fact that I've been that I did a screenplay about them and everything has changed about them uh, in many ways. But the fact is, I just want I've done it three times the book and I've not liked it. So I'm I need to get these two together and whatever it takes now I'm doing it because I want them to be together. Maybe I'll be through with them, probably yes because I they've been in my head for like 12 years and I just need to get them together. So I think once I do that I can move on. You know, cuz people that do screenplays sometimes they you know, they just don't 
you, you don't get to express yourself with them because they go in a drawer and you don't look at it. That's why I encouraged when I was an uh, agent to take some of your characters and make them into books because this way at least you have a chance of them getting out there in a script that nobody reads that's not happening. So you kind of leave them just in a drawer. So I think that people that are, if they're listening, that they have done screenplays, it's very tough to get screenplays done now now especially, but at least make them in books if they're characters you care about because there's possibility somebody would be looking at your book and decide to make it into a movie. So, I mean, that's my advice to people also about their characters because you can't sometimes just leave them. You know, they sometimes should be out there and the stories are good. So, you know, I you know, that's what I try to do now. You know, and like you're picking up one, you know, the Jason Bourne series. This is a hard this is a cuz people love those movies and the book. Right, right. So, and this is really an honor when somebody like, you know, they gets that honor to write and finish off or do other stories from their stories. That's an I think that's like an honor, you know, because yeah, not everybody can really, get that. Yeah, it, it 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 it's 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 an honor and uh, and it's intimidating too. I mean, you you think about yeah. what you know a giant in the thriller field uh, Robert Ludlum was, and and you think about Jason Bourne, and uh, he's had, he's had so many iterations over the past forty years. I mean, Ludlum did three novels, and and yeah. Eric von Lustbader took over and did eleven novels, and uh, and then you had all those Matt Damon movies. And uh, and so there, there there are so many different people that have different images of Jason Bourne, and you're trying to kind of think about how do you keep that all those different audiences, yeah, right. you know, satisfied with this this creation. And for me, it really was a question of of reintroducing Jason Bourne and and going mm-hmm. back to kind of Loveland's original vision of of who that character was and what made him such an iconic character in yeah. thriller literature, and coming up with a whole new standalone story and 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 environment in which that character can exist. So it's fresh and it's modern and it's new, and yet it's also uh, hopefully then a Jason Bourne that, that people immediately recognize and feel comfortable with because it reflects who that character was from the very beginning. Yeah, well, you did it, it, it because, to be very yeah. honest, you did, because you brought him to a new level and scared the, scared me with Medusa. That was scary. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and the, ending, the ending was perfect. I only read one or two of him. Actually, this one was yeah. better. <laughs> this one was like, oh my god, I can't put this you. down. And, I, and I'm saying, I hope you bring the girl back again. Hint, hint. And I, yeah, I'm, I'm confident you will. You will meet Abby again. <laughs> oh, good, because she really was was great. And I, I mean, just the ending alone was was scary because you don't know he, you don't you don't know anything anymore. I'm not sure. so maybe, you know, I wish that the people were there are like six people that are doing Tom Clancy, and I've read all of them. And Mark Cameron's coming out with a new one that says supposedly sending me in print someday soon, I hope. And they're all different. I'm just glad that you're doing this by yourself and not with six other people. It makes that's it hard to hard. do. That's, that's very yeah. hard to yeah, do. You know. Because well, Jack Ryan I, I is different. And I appreciate that, that, that Putnam and, and the estate have been very you know, uh, um, supportive about letting me kind of go off in, in, you know, my own direction and, 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 you know, really tell this mm-hmm. in a, in a, this story in a whole new way, because, you know, I could easily see where, you know, they, you know, they would understandably yeah. be kind of possessive about, you know, born as a character. And, and, you know, I think they appreciated that I was trying to truly, you know, honor Ludlum's character, but also, 
you know, kind of reinvent that character in an entirely new setting. They have to have a lot of trust in you to do that. I mean, that's for sure. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I you appreciate know, that. Because they're not you know, I mean, it was, it, right. was, it was hard for me um, thinking about stepping into those shoes. I mean, after sort of the, the honor wears off, you, you start thinking, oh, my gosh, you know, I mean, how <laughs> – how do you how do you you kind of fill the shoes of of you know some some giants like that and uh, I, I ultimately decided you know the the only thing I can do is is you know kind of you know tell the kind of story I want to tell and, and the, the very first words I wrote on my whiteboard were uh, have fun uh, and because uh, ultimately that's what it's all about I mean you know, you're you're, you're Stepping into the shoes of, of you know such an right, and they theory. trust you because you, they, you know what they wouldn't let you be doing this if they didn't trust you. I mean that's for sure. Well, you yeah, know, I mean yeah. it, it's you know there's no shortage of writers out there, so they are trusting you, and so that's a really great feeling. I'm sure. Yes, exactly. Yeah, to pick up, you know, it is hard to do other people's characters, and it is hard to you know write with people, and that happens to a lot of people sometimes when they try to write together. I you know I've not been in anthologies or things where people are writing with each other. I I just never really like that. I just do my own thing, and that's that. And you know, but a lot of people they love it. You know, I right, just, right. Yeah, everybody has their yeah, own no, personal I, I feeling. I, I, I like to do my own thing too, and and so this one's sort of an interesting you know balancing act because it's it's. It's my work, but it's also, you know, a character that was created by someone else. And, you know, what I, I, I sort of had to remind myself was that I've actually known Jason Bourne even longer than I've known any of my own characters. Because, of course, you know, I met Bourne when I was a right, teenager. Right, so that's I've, true. I've, I've known him for years. Right. <laughs> right. You know, it is kind of sad, though, that in the movie market now, they don't know, you know, every day across the screen comes on, like, sometimes CNN or whatever. They'll go, this movie theater, AMC's, you know, Regal, a lot of these theaters are going down the drain. And that's really going to be sad because people, and I, that's why I'm hoping they can, people will be able to go out and do regular things because no matter how big you have a screen in your house, it's still great to see a movie mm. in the theater. I just, I love it. You know, and that's what I miss. We went every weekend. My husband and I, you know, he sat through some movies he didn't want to. But, I, you know, I really <laughs> like to see the big screen for me. You know, I'm used to it now because Netflix and everything. But I, there's something about uh, certainly the type of story you're going to be, you know, that you're writing. You need that the big screen works for that. You know, so I guess it's uh, going to be hard. How do you feel about that market changing now? Either of you. Uh, yeah, that's going to be that, you know, I, and, and it's short term. I mean, it, 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 yeah. it's a lot of pain, you know, right now. And, and you know, it's, it's sad because it's going to have, you know, an effect on so many, you know, on so many small businesses and, and large businesses. Everything. Yeah. You know, you know, you, you know it will, the, the, the cycle will turn and, and things will come back. Um, but, uh, you know, it, it, it's. You hate to see so much, you know, time and, and effort and investment in good people. So much lost in, in everything that yeah. people knew, you know, and there yeah, will be a exactly. lot of things lost, you know. And, you yeah, know, there yeah. are a lot of new writers out there writing, and that's a good thing, you know. Um, and a lot of them, all the newer writers, a lot of them expect that the first book they're going to make, like, tons of money on. And we just talked about yesterday on my show that might not be happening. So I think, you know, I think realistically – a majority of authors don't make that much money, but they should should like what they do at least, you know, and don't just try to do this because they think they're going to make money right now because that's probably not going to happen at this moment in time. It may be yeah, later. You, you've got it. You've, you've got to write because you love it. I mean, that's, yeah. I mean, if, if you, if there's a, if there's a, 
you know, financial component that comes along with it, that's great. But, I mean, ultimately, you, you, you really just need to take joy in, in what you're creating. Right. And, Fran, when you're reading a book, can you mm-hmm. tell if they're really writing it just to write or because they really love it? Can oh, I can tell very that? easily. Yeah, yeah, I could tell that yeah. sometimes they're just writing it just to tell a story, but they have no clue about to what they're writing. And that's a fact that I know. Yeah. Um, I can also tell when we know what gets me really angry is that I'm reading a murder mystery, and we're going to be talking about that in February. How police officers handle cases, how they handle murder, how you um, how you uh, describe it, and I'm finding that there's a lot of mistakes. And I usually say I try not to be nasty or give a negative review, but you know once or twice I told the author I can't review your book because everything you're writing doesn't make sense. And the way you're doing a crime scene, I said, I've read a million books, yeah. Um, I can tell when somebody's just writing words, and I can tell, like, when Brian writes something or John Land or um, Charles Salzberg or any of the Thriller Fest writers that honor me with letting them, or R.G. Belsky, Dick, I can tell that they, they're deep into the story and that they yeah. know what they're doing. But then again, Brian doesn't know this, so I'm going to just let you know that when, when when I do historical fiction or real fiction or there's something that has to do with something, with I do research to see if the person yeah. did it right. right. I, I will I, research is important. Research is very important. And, uh, yeah. Brian, I'm sure you do a lot of research to do this. I do because I well, like to know that the person for historical fiction or whatever right. is actually – writing something that makes sense. And I just read a book. I won't tell you the title. It's a religious book. It's definitely out of my comfort zone. I definitely got what she was saying. And I definitely have to interview her because I promised somebody that I would. But it was a very religious book, and I'm saying that some of what she's writing, I don't believe at all. And it's about the... Well, will um, you say that while you're uh, interviewing her? What will you do? No, I didn't say it on the show. Yeah, not yet. But as (laughs) I'm reading the book, I'm I'm saying I don't believe that um, a lot of the creation and a lot of the stuff that she's writing about Adam and Eve and about a lot that um, the Messiah and Jesus and all the rest of it, uh, some of it is true. Some of it I think she made up. So I have to be very careful. <laughs> I guess a lot of people do make up. the. Right, Brian, do you do a lot of research? I think you do. Sure, yeah. I mean, yes. and, and I, I actually don't like to do that much research before I start. I like to research as I go. Right, um, Because yeah. a lot of yeah. times I, I, I'm I really kind of massaging the story and the suspense, you know, throughout the the, the, the writing yeah. process. I mean, actually getting the words on the page is, is very organic. Um, so, I, honestly, I, I don't want to sort of prejudge where I'm going and what I need before I start. I like to be able to kind of freshly look into things, you know, as I'm, as I'm going through the book. Uh, and, you know, it's, it's, it can be elements of procedure. It can be elements of, you know, fact. It, it can be location things. It, there's, there's all yeah. sorts of details. But you also have to be careful, too, because, you know, I, I, there are a lot of writers out there that sort of, I think, fall in love with their research. And um, they, they can sometimes right. get so caught up in the, in the details of the research that they sort of lose the thread of the story. And, uh, uh, you know, so I'm, I'm very conscious of the fact that you, you don't want the research to get in the way of the story or the characters. You want it to, to flavor it and, and add, you know, it's, it's kind of like, you know, decorating the house. Uh, but uh, ultimately, you still need to have the, the story at the heart of it. Yeah, yeah. 
I mean, that's what I do too. Like if I if I let's say just have thinking about maybe a fountain in Paris or something, I'll go and look at all the fountains in Paris. But I didn't know I was going to use that because I didn't even know I was thinking that till I was writing it. So I wouldn't have known that I need to know information about that because I didn't come up until I was writing it. And that's why a lot of people sometimes think we all have everything in our head when we're going to write, but that's not true because if you write, there are things that come up that makes it exciting. That you go, oh, and you add something, and some days you go, really? You're, like, shocked even that you thought of it, that it came up. I'm sure you go through that all the time. Yeah, there it is, right in front exactly of you. Right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and, and yeah. you know, it, it, that, that's, you know, that's the way it should be. I mean, you know, I, when I was yeah. starting out, I did very, very detailed outlines. And, you know, I mean, I was a new writer, and, and I was kind of getting comfortable yeah. with the idea of, of telling, you know, telling stories. And, and so it was useful to really have a, a lot of it mapped out before I started. But, you know, the more years I spend in the business, the more I, I like to, to just kind of set out a rough roadmap and then uh, really let the story and the characters guide me as I go uh, because that yeah. just keeps it, I think, fresher and, and, and more surprising for the reader. And, and if the twists and the characters end up surprising me as I write, then, you know, hopefully yeah. that will be true for the readers as well. Yeah, that's right, because right. That's, I think that's what the exciting part of writing is, that you don't always know what's going to happen. And then, yeah. you know, you are, like when you're doing this, you go like, oh, you know, and then you know that day when you're writing it, you go, oh, this was good today. I really like that that happened, you know. And it, I didn't know it was going to happen at all. So that's what makes it exciting. You know, and I think when Fran is reading a book, which, Fran, you know this true, you know, um, when I, we've talked about this many times, you know, you you know that if you don't want, if you want to put that book down, then it's not something you're because you read so fast. So how how do you judge your time because you have so many books to read? So how do you judge your time? Well, it's hard sometimes. It depends. If a book is really good, and it's four hundred pages, I could read it in an hour and a half if I don't want to strain my eyes. I cannot um, believe it. Yeah, it's just amazing sometimes. to me every time I ask you that. The... We talk about that because, you know, that's really good. And, you know, I can't. But you retain it, too, though. That's hard. Yeah, I do. But you it's, take notes. It's notes. hard sometimes, too. But if a font is too small, I won't read the book. I'm sorry. Yeah. And, yeah, um, yeah. as a matter of fact, the last three books where the font was so small that I had to ask my friends at FedEx to reprint them so that I could see what I was going to review. And, yeah, um, yeah. I, I, you know, I can, I can remember everything I read. I don't even have to under, – I, I underline it. By the time I get done with the book, I could tell you the whole book from, from cover to cover. But yeah. there are times that if I have to put the – if the book takes me more than three days, you're in trouble. Yeah. And, yeah. yeah, you're in trouble because it means that the plot's very boring, the character has no clue what they're doing, and sometimes there are characters I wish they would kill off the main character because the main <laughs> character's getting on my nerves. And, and it does happen. Yes, as, as a matter of fact, I finished one today. I just sat down and read the book. Yeah, but I won't tell you for who. And I, I didn't make a comment as to whether I liked the book, and I just said whatever. And the public, the publicist posted it in two minutes, and they love what I wrote, and that's really nice. But after a while, I wanted to take both main characters and say, could you please, like, knock it off? You know, when they fight too much and there's too much whatever, I was like, oh, my God, help me. You know, root canal is better than this. Seriously. <laughs> I'm going to get, eventually, Fran, you need to write a comedy book. I keep saying that to Fran. I want her to do that, you know, because, you know, I think think that's in you, Fran. You just don't let that out, you know, and I know you always talk about dialogue, you know, so Brian does a lot of, 
I know, but I love to do dialogue. Brian, this is your thing. So, I mean, the, it's wonderful to write dialogue. So try to explain how important it is, and Fran, how good that would be, because you have so much to express out there. You would be That's really why good I have dead people, because they express it for me. <laughs> no, right, but you could do live people. Brian, I, you enjoy dialogue, I know. I could tell that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, 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 dialogue is, is, you know, I think the, the, the most, you know, enjoyable part of the process. Um, yeah. And, uh, it, but it, it's also, I think, the area where it's the easiest for writers to run astray because uh, it's, it's so obvious to the reader when you get dialogue wrong. Um, yeah. if, they can't, if they can't really hear the person talking authentically, then it, it kind of gets in the way of the entire story. So, uh, I mean, one of the things, you know, I always do is, you know, I, I'm, I'm writing and reading out loud uh, as if this were an audio book uh, when I'm yeah, working on dialogue because yeah. you, you've just got to be able to hear it coming, you know, out of the character's mouth. And uh, even if it's, you know, if it, if it can read well, but if you start saying it loud and realize, you know what, that's just not the way people talk, then right. you realize right. you've got problems. And that's true, you know, and your characters talk a certain way. Like, I'll sometimes be read, write something, and I'll go, you know what, I don't know if they, if, they're to read, if they should say that, and I scratch it out, and then I read on after I, you know, I'm going back to edit, and I'm going like, oh, they already said that already. I know that because that's how my character talks. So then I go, well, okay, that's what they really think because sometimes it's the weirdest thing when you think – something and you write it and then all of a sudden you turn the page and you might have written it in another sequel just in a little different way but they're saying the same thing and you don't really sometimes know it but that's how you the character talks for the writer and you know how they talk so even if you think you don't know how they talk when you read it again and you look somewhere else you go oh they said that already so then you know this is a a real character for you i think that that's the way they are right Whether you like it or not, what they said, you know. And and so I love it. I love dialogue. That's why I like script writing, you know. And I remember after doing all these shows for the last 10, 11 years, I don't know. And I know it was about a year ago, I'm thinking to myself, well, you know, I keep talking about it. And all of a sudden, I go, like, you know, you really are a screenwriter. (laughs) You're really not, you know, a book author as much as you are a screenwriter. And because it's just the way it is. But I've noticed that over the years when I'm talking about screenwriting, it's like that's really where my head's at. But I know for a fact how hard it is. So that is a problem, you know. And every author I've had on that has screenplays or that have been optioned, mine have too, they just don't get done, you know. So how 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 do you feel about screenwriting? I mean, you know, it's something that's, I think, exciting but difficult for people to, you know, to do but because they have to edit themselves out. But are you interested in that as a something, or just always staying in books, or really doing screenwriting? Yeah, you know, I I, I would love to have the opportunity sometime. Uh, you know, it, right right now, I, I'm not sure when I'd ever have the time to do it, which is fine. Right. I, I the cha- the challenge for me is it I I would it's such a very different skill set uh, and it such is. a very it different. Is you know, storytelling medium that um, I, I'm sure it would be very challenging because I'm honestly, I'm used to working with all of the senses. And you, when you but when you're writing, when you're writing, you're, you're very visual when you're, I was listening to yeah. some of your audios, you know, on, and they're very visual. Yes. No, so and that's, that's, me, that's absolutely right. I mean, I think, I think 
um, you know, sort of filmically as I'm, as I'm writing. So I'm thinking of them from a standpoint of, you know, kind of creating a movie-like experience for the reader. And yet when you actually yeah. get to uh, screenwriting, you're, you're really reduced to what, you know, what's the, what can the, um, the, the, the viewer see and what can they hear? I mean, right. you really only right. have two senses available to you. So it's a very, certainly a very different creative experience. It would be fun to try. It's, uh, I, it would I be good if someone, like, it. let's say they brought your book to do a screenplay and let you do it. Yeah, that, sure. You know, would that would be a good thing because that's what happens a lot of times. People don't get that opportunity and they go, yes, the book was better. Well, yeah, the book was better because you have somebody picking up their work and that's really difficult to do because they didn't write the character. Yeah. Now, of course, I mean, I think it goes both ways, too, because I think it, it also is possible that sometimes, you know, authors are, are so in love with their work that, that their, well, their right. screenplays can, get, can be a little bit self-indulgent. But there are things that right. need to be yeah. cut that, you know, translating a, a, a novel into, you know, a, a two-hour movie involves making some very, you know, difficult um, you yes. know, creative decisions yeah. about what's going to stay and what's going to go. And sometimes we authors aren't the best people to, to make those decisions because it's, it's very hard for us to uh, to, to, to right. cut up our Which, which also leads me to uh, another and, thing. The problem with some of the movies is they are the writer, director, script writer, you know, they're the producer, everything. And sometimes you need someone to say, hey, this doesn't work. But if they're everything, you know, not everybody is like Clint Eastwood. Let's say they can do that everything, <laughs> you know, because it's hard. And that's why you, you know, right. because sometimes somebody has to say, you know, that doesn't sound right. And you're right about authors because a lot of times they don't want to cut things out. And I'm sure, Fran, you must have something to say about that because do you think some of the books that you've been reading could be cut or should be? Well, I, I um, Tess Garrison and I are pretty close. You know, she I email her. She has movies and stuff. And Rizzoli and Isles is is a good series, but it's totally different than the books. Totally different. And she said that they they even changed the image of Rizzoli and Isles. I mean, it was yes, totally I totally that. right. Yeah. And I said I said that to her. I said, you know, it's hard to watch knowing that Jane Rizzoli is much heavier. She's like a more Tyne Daly kind of person, not an Angie Harvey kind of person. So that, that 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 is different. But I read a book and I reviewed it. It's called Hollywood and the Author, and it deals exactly with that, with screenplays. And what happens yeah. when the producer decides to take ownership, and the author of the book gets nowhere? As a matter of yeah. fact, some of these authors had to actually go after them. Michael Connolly had to pay a couple of million, two point something million dollars or more, in order to get uh, Harry Botch back. So you yeah. have to you have to be careful. Yeah, I learned a lot <laughs> reading all these Well, things. no, because I remember I remember yeah. actually you know uh, because I had that in the contracts for people that if that they, they had the right that they could if not have their name on it if they you know mm-hmm. they should have the last say if they can really say if they added their name as you know the book by or the, the screenplay or wherever it was reversed if they didn't like what they did to it because that happens a lot of times where they're yeah. very unhappy about what happens to their story because it does change that's why Sometimes we were saying that it is nice if they could it. do both the the author if they can not everybody can write screenplays and not everybody can write books so it is difficult but sometimes what they do to a story is that that's why people say oh the book was so much better mhm and I, I think that, I think yeah. for authors, when it comes to you know adaptations of their works too, they they have to sort of ag- ag- acknowledge from the beginning that whatever yes. 
get yeah. onto the screen mm-hmm. is going to be very, very different from their, their starting work because so many different artists have had their hand in that product along the way. I mean, you've got actors and directors and choreographers right. and set designers oh, and musicians. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different people that contribute to that final product that if you're expecting it to be kind of, you know, identical to, to where you started, it, I think you're, and you're bound not. to be disappointed. Right. Uh, and yes. you just have to sort of, you know, take, you know, some artistic satisfaction in the idea that it was your original imagination that, that led yeah. to this, this very, very different product on the screen. But that's, that's also very hard for readers because readers clearly have their own, you know, very vivid idea yes. of what a book looks like in their heads. And inevitably what comes out on a screen is going to be very different from how people see that in, right. in their own Right. Body. And then the author, right, because some authors, you're right. And, you know, um, I had many people that, their books were very close to getting sold, but then they changed it. They got nervous, and that happens a lot of times, you know, and then they back out of the deal, which is not always good, you know, but unless there's no money passed yet, it's okay, you know, but they got scared. And, you know, and some of the people, when they write things, you know, sometimes if they say things in the book, they may not want that out there and that was so confusing to me to under I, I never could understand it you wrote it and I had one that he was actually on you know Dr. Phil I think and then they wanted to take it then he got scared because it was a true story and I'm thinking like you were on Dr. Phil already so what, what, what are you saying you, you were already on a show but he got too nervous and we pulled the book back he got nervous and it was a true story but that's up to the writer you know and that's what happens sometimes is they you know they get nervous about what will happen to the, their story, you know, and um, I think that happens in the, like if you're getting a review and do you, are you upset if you get a bad review? I mean, I think I, I'm not, I don't care if one way or the other. If I, you know, are you upset? You know, I don't even read them. Um, yeah. I, I learned very yeah, Okay. That's a good, that, uh, that, that, just right. No, yeah, but it's true. Logically, it's just not yeah. a healthy thing to do. I mean, the, the reality no. is you can, you know, you can have 200, you know, wonderful five-star reviews out there and, and one, you know, person that, that yeah. uh, tears yeah. you apart. And, you know, what what are you going to obsess about? It's, it's going to be the negative review. It's, it's well, people do, and actually, it's, it's that's what I try to tell people. Yeah, it's not, because then they'll stop writing sometimes. And, you know, that's a bad thing, you know, because just because one person doesn't like what you've written, so what? Then yeah, just and exactly. I, you know, yeah. it was really weird because I had an author on the other day. We were talking about this, and I was laughing when we were talking about this because I read some of his reviews and I asked him the question because somebody had said I didn't like this about the book, I didn't like that, and it was and they read the whole book though. And so sometimes that's really funny how they read the whole book and then they go like, oh, we didn't like this. But a lot of times people, when they don't like the book, just don't read it then. You don't have to. Like Fran is reviewing it. That's a different story. But if you really don't like it, I mean, I like the beginning, middle, and end. But some people, if you really hate it, don't write a bad review. Just, be, you know, just move on. Well, yeah, because ultimately, you know, you know there, are, there are so many different stories and so many different audiences. In, inevitably, yes. you know, you're going to have people for, for whom you've, you've just hit exactly the story that resonates with them, and, and then there are going to be other folks that it's it just – you know, it, it pushes the wrong buttons for them. And, and I know for me that's particularly the case. I, I, you know, often deal with some pretty tough issues in the books, and uh, I, I know perfectly well that uh, sometimes I'm, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to, you know, hit people in some sensitive areas, and, uh, and, and what I'm saying in the stories may make them uncomfortable. And, uh, uh, and you know, if that's the case, I, I mean, you know, I, I, I certainly – 
Uh, but I, it is I part of your story. That right? That's I, the thing. And yeah, that's the part. Exactly. You can't, you know, that's one, like certainly newer authors have to get that, even some seasoned authors, that sometimes they're, they hold back because they're afraid what people will think, but it's really the characters doing it. It has nothing to do with us as authors, right? I mean, yeah, and, and it, honestly, if 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 you write something that you're hoping is going to please everybody, then then the resulting you can't, product right, probably exactly. yeah, right. it's probably not going to be particularly good because I mean right. nobody's going to like everything, and and if you're if you're aiming for just sort of this lowest common denominator, then I you're you're probably not going to be telling a, a particularly compelling story. Right. I mean, ultimately, right. It, right. It, it it needs to have its own you know power and uniqueness. Yeah, that, I think that, Fran, you know, how do you feel about the review? You know, because you have said it many times how you feel about how other reviewers write reviews for people and destroy sometimes, people. Sometimes they destroy people just for the fun of being mean, and they haven't really read the book. And sometimes they they just feel like, um, I have one particular, I won't say who it is, that reviewed three of my books for blog tours, and every single time she says, I don't understand what you wrote. I said, would you like a written explanation, or would you like the, me to explain the book from cover to cover to you, or maybe you need to go back and learn how to read? I got annoyed because she she just does it to everybody. She's just nasty. And I said, hey, yeah. you know what? I don't really care what you think. She's on this blog tour that I am with Partners in Crime, too, and I warned um, Cheryl. I said, if she gives me one more negative review, I said, if you don't answer her, I will. And it has nothing to do with my writing. She, said, she doesn't understand what – I wrote the book about my mom. She didn't understand what Alzheimer's was. I go, I didn't even bother to touch that one. Um, yeah. I, I, negative reviews, yeah. The first the first verses behind the Stone series, I got like four saw stars, five stars. And then some girl gave me two stars because she said, I didn't understand what the book was about, and I didn't finish it. I said, oh, whatever. You yeah, have to get it. I mean, it's just, yeah, I, this is, you know, you can't I mean, worry that's about just how it. it is. You know, these are the things that people want to know. That's why when I do shows, this is because people, you know, I, my goal has always been to keep them writing and not, you know, stop writing because of what one person or two people say, you know, and everybody does have a right to write you know what they want in a book but i think a lot of people do hold back because they're so afraid but i think mm-hmm. you know what you said brian is right you're not going to write a book for everybody and i think that's a good way to look right. at it you're and, writing for, you know, it, it turns out to an it's audience it's also hard i mean it's also hard i think because there's there's some unfortunate cultural mm-hmm. trends you know in in the country that that you know social mm-hmm, media yeah. has created kind yeah. of an online road rage that uh, yeah. uh, it, yeah. it encourages people to be nasty and and you know insensitive yeah. and I, I think you look at some of the you know the reality tv shows and and the way they emphasize yeah. you know people kind of taking shots at at, mm-hmm. at others yeah. and uh, uh, and I, I think it has created a, a culture in which you know everyone you know sort of feels like they, they they're entitled to be nasty and uh, and and to do so sort of unthinkingly. Uh, it, yeah. it, you know, I mean, I'm I'm blessed to have you know many many readers who write to me and send me good notes. You know, and every now and then I'll I'll get you know kind of a uh, a nasty email from someone. Uh, it, it always surprises me that someone would really bother to take the time to to do that, but. Um, you know, I'll, I'll typically, yeah. you know, send along a, 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 a graceful, you know, gracious reply, and it, it always seems to stun them that there's actually a real live human being behind this. That uh, you know, if, if you're if you're writing to an author, it's it's not like there's some faceless corporation that 
is is behind this work. You're you're they're talking to a, another human being, and and they spent you know an awful lot of time putting a product out in the marketplace. Um, well, that's so right. Even a bad like book it takes time to do. Right. Like Even a bad book takes time. And maybe it's their first book, and maybe they'll continue on and write better. You know, because you know sometimes you have to just start somewhere, and then you learn. You know, and sometimes when we all look back at some of our writing in the past, you go, oh, I could have changed this, I could have changed that, but it's there. And I, I once had somebody on the show, and actually I could say his name. It's Jack Remick, and he does uh, a lot of different style books. But he once said something about reviews. He says, you know. If you, if someone's giving you a bad review, you're not going to write the book again. So just let it go. It's over. It's the book is out and done. You know, and so that's why if you know you were satisfied with how the book was, just be satisfied and move on. You know, and don't let anybody get in your way of writing another book. You know, and so I think because sometimes it takes people. I think Fran. I don't know who it is now, but I remember somebody was saying they on their fifth or sixth book they finally said they mm-hmm. got it, and I don't. Remember. Who's on your show? But I don't, you know. And but I always remember that because it's true. You know, sometimes it just takes you a while to get it together. You know, of how you want to write, what you want to do with it. You know, which also brings me to Fran and I have talked about this a lot. How about names? How do you how do you feel about names for your characters? I for me it's very difficult. So Brian, how how difficult is that for you to pick out names? Yeah, yeah, because you always want the name to be perfect for the characters. And, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes the names are meaningful. So, for example, I, I deliberately picked the name Stride uh, because I wanted a name that sort of reinforced the doggedness, the step-by-step nature of his personality, to, yeah. you know, to get to the truth. Uh, you know, some names are, are just, they just kind of pop into your head and you realize they're just, you know, perfect for a particular character. And you have, you yeah. sort of have no idea where it comes from, but you have to have that, you know, faith and confidence that, yeah, that, that just fits. Uh, and, yeah. uh, and of course, sometimes I, I have some fun with, uh, with the character names. Uh, I, I can remember that, uh, uh, years ago, Marsh and I were going to a library event down in Southwestern Minnesota and we were driving along the freeway down there and we, we passed a highway sign where the town of Frost was in one direction and the town of Easton was in the other direction. And I looked at the sign that said Frost Easton, and I said to Marshall, wow, Frost Easton, that's a great name. I'm going to have to use that uh, for a character. And, well, here we are years later. I have three books in my Frost Easton series. So uh, yeah, you, you, never, yeah. you never know where the name No, are that's true. <laughs> you know, and, and Fran, I know particularly you might have a hard time because you actually know who you're writing about, but you've changed their name. So that's difficult. Yeah, my stories are true. Some of my verses behind the stone series are real people. That, right. That and you've changed got, their that names. That were wronged. Yeah, I did. One was a teacher in my school, <laughs> and I promised her before she she committed suicide, before she oh, died, that, that, that yeah. I would honor her memory in a oh, story. That's different. And I did. Yeah. Um, that's a, yeah. There's a there's a whole bunch based on real life incidents. Uh, silent voices. I pretty much there was only one or two that might be real. Um, I won't tell anybody which ones they are. You don't have to guess by yourself. Yeah, um, one, 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 one is you know, if if, I, if you get on my nerves, you're going to be one of my books. Um, that that's that. I haven't decided if I'm going to do the yeah, next Brent. one, which is called What If, What What's Next, The New World. If I'm going to write it from the point of view of somebody that's just describing what happened as he's alive or dead, alive, or maybe what happened before that person got dead. I haven't decided that yet. But names, I have no idea. I just might use letters this time. Yeah, I think, right, I think, you know, all all authors, you know, we do have, you know, our own ideas. And, you know, whatever somebody's idea is, that's why, you know, I was discussing this yesterday on the show. I mean, I take notes 
when I'm doing a show yeah. a lot of times because I'm thinking, mm-hmm. oh, this is what they said, you know, and it resonates with me sometimes. And I go, if I once I write something down as a note, it sticks in my mind. If I don't write it out, sometimes it doesn't, you know. But I do think, you know, a lot of these things matter to authors, you know, because. I, even when I've had, Fran knows what I've said to her many times, I've changed names of my screenplays, let's say, and whatever, into books, and it's I still call them the same name. You know, I still, like my Grand Central Station, I've wanted to change it, and I can't because I know I'm going to ch- I'm going to call it something else, and and then and then I'll two minutes later I'll be saying oh Grand Central Station or a character that I do I can't change once it's there it's there in my head, you know once I create a character I can't seem to change their name even if I might think well maybe I should have a different name, because for me names are really important you know of how I feel about the character and it does take time I write lists of names. You know, I used to think a lot of times people would say, I have baby name books. You know, now it's on my computer. But, I mean, years ago I used to have little baby name books to figure out new names, you know, and see. Because sometimes you don't even know a name until you see it. And you go, oh, that might work for that character, you know, because we don't have it. Sto- you know, we don't have a stockpile in our head, I don't think. Maybe we do. I'm not sure about that. But, um, Brian, is there anything you'd like to say you know, last few minutes of the show that might help authors out there that have been thinking of writing or continuing on? Well, I always uh, I always tell aspiring writers that, um, you know, we, we tend to be our own worst enemies. Uh, it is so easy as writers to psych ourselves out and to, to give in to those voices in our head that tell us we're no good and to, uh, I, I've yeah. heard from so many writers that, that will, you know, they'll get 50 pages down and, and then they'll get frustrated and, and believe, oh, this is this is no good, and and, and they'll they'll yeah. stop believing in themselves. And and ultimately, uh, you, you just have to have a crazy amount of determination and and a, a belief yeah. in yourself to, to to get anywhere in this business. And uh, you know, and and ultimately, the <laughs> the thing about writing is it, it because it is very difficult because it is so emotionally demanding. Uh, there there are always a thousand other things that you can find, you know, to do with your day and do with your life rather than sitting right. down and getting those words on paper. But somewhere along the line, you you know, every, every book has got to involve a uh, combination of super glue, a keyboard, your backside and a chair, uh, because right. uh, ultimately right. 100% of unwritten books have never been published. Yeah. But, you know, and people well, have a lot talking of about that. We're going to do a panel yeah. show on that actually in, um, this in 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 January with R.G. Belsky, John Land, and Charles Salzberg, and if I want to join it, we're going to talk about how publishing changes, the changes in publishing, how authors feel, um, how you get your books out, whether you refer ebooks, digital, or whatever comes to mind. Yeah. It's, it's, well, wait. Right. I mean, there are so many. You know, but the, the good thing now for writers out there is they can have a start because you can independently mm-hmm. publish and have a very good book. And actually mm-hmm. do very well with it, you know, if you market it right. Because the authors uh, don't realize that the people that are reading the books, they don't sometimes care who the publisher is. So just write the best story that you have and don't, you know, and it's really open for them. 20 years ago, it wasn't like that. If you want to, you know, I had so many clients that they just, they they gave up too fast, you know, and they're always, and I've said this many times on the show, they were so good. I mean, they were really good, and they just didn't stay in the game, and they should have, because it is a game. You just got to keep going, you know, but you do have to be very determined to stay in this, 
because otherwise you'd be out because it is hard. But it's really a shame when some people just give up too fast and they shouldn't because they, and especially when they have really good books, they're just, but now independently published authors are a really big thing out there. So I think that's one thing people should be happy about, that they have a chance to get their book out of the drawer and put it out. Because a lot of people had in the past, you know, they had their books, all the paper, their pages in drawers. You know, instead of on the computer, they had them in drawers. Or otherwise, you know, even with the screenplay, they put them in the drawers. So it's always good to know now they can get out there. You know, they have a shot yeah, at it, it much better. Yes, it, is, it has created, you know, all sorts of new opportunities for authors. I mean, and, and you know certainly that in the past there were, there were huge numbers of tremendous manuscripts that were, you know, in a nightstand drawer or sitting on a closet shelf yeah, somewhere. Right. And pe- people do have the opportunity to, to bring them to market in a way that they didn't before. The only, the yeah. only danger sign is, I think, uh, and, and I think authors need to be aware of it, is that there, when, when you have the technology power to be able to finish a, finish a book and, and 15 minutes later push a button and it's, and it's available for sale, it's it well, easy yeah. to sort of miss the, the intermediate steps. And, and there are an awful you lot need of those. editing yeah. and polishing that needs to go on uh, when, right. when you're working they on a novel. They need to do that. that uh, right. Right. Yeah. They exactly. need to do editing. You have they to really to hold yourself yeah. to the same standards as if you were going through multiple editors and, and going through the whole traditional process. Yes. Get a good editor and write, and you can get a good cover, and you can get marketing. So I mean, there is, but you just no, you can't just write it and throw it out there. That is not true, and that's what that's what a lot of times had ruined it for independent authors because a lot of people do think that that if somebody is independent, they just threw it together and there it goes. You know, and that's not true for many, many books. So I think the public, you know, I tell people don't say self-published. Say independently published because when you say self-published, it reminds me of years ago. People think you just take paper, glue it together, and there you have it. I remember you, they, you know, and that's not really right. It's, it's, it's a good finished product if it's done right. So say you're independent, that's all. But if you say self-publish, something in that word makes it think, you know, makes it seem like nobody really wants you, but that's not necessarily true. A lot of people don't want to wait three years to get an agent and then get their book out, and they have opportunities now. So I think, you know, that being said, I think that's a good thing, you know, for authors. So I hope they, you know, a lot of times they come to me after they have spent a lot of money and in the wrong way getting books published. So I always say, just ask me and I'll send you somewhere, but don't spend $20,000, which people have, which Mm. keeps me in the game of having a show like this to explain to people, don't do that. If you think it's a lot of money, it is. So let me know and I'll send you somewhere, you know, that you can get it done. And Fran knows that too. Fran knows where to go also to tell people. Don't just spend money. Yeah, Yeah, you know, because you've seen it too. I've been doing blog tours. Um, with Partners in Crime, they're phenomenal, and Rabbit Tours. And because I um, review for Partners in Crime, I get a special whatever. And um, because Rabbit Tours, I just do showcases. I don't review for them because they have digital and they don't have print, so sad. Um, they They only charge me half price, which was like not a lot of money for a month. And I got like 35 stops. And I yes. got some interesting reviews, and I didn't really care. They were not bad. And right. if my book got out there, it's there. It's getting there, what if. And yeah. I'm still on the tour with Partners in Crime. Yeah, and it's fantastic. I mean, yeah. I, I to market it, 
Facebook. So there are, so there are ways for people out there, you know, if they're listening yeah. in today to and they're reasonable get, you know, too. Yeah. to, right, because, you know, I mean, we're all not going to be Brian because he's, you know, you, you're a phenomenal writer and that's the way yep, it is. is. But they do have a chance to be out there, but not, you know, I mean, and maybe who knows that maybe there are more people out there that could be very successful, but don't be fearful just because your first couple of books aren't going to be the best thing ever. You know, I wrote five books in my life before I ever even started in on the one that was immoral and became my breakthrough book. So, uh, you know, see, you, right. you have see, to, that's it. You have to go through right. a lot, of, a lot of disappointment to get where you need to be. Well, maybe it was you that I heard on a show that said it because I, know I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good end to the show now because maybe it is because I remember that when somebody had said that I was on Fran's show that it took several books before they got out there. So there you go. Here we are. Here we are. All right. So, Brian, where can people find you? Uh, they can find me kind of all over the web. Uh, my okay. website is bfreemanbooks.com. That's all one word, bfreemanbooks.com. Yeah, it's on the show page. If they're on there, they can just click it. It's on there. Yeah. Perfect. And they can also find me on Facebook at facebook.com slash bfreemanfans. Uh, and Twitter and Instagram, also the handle B Freeman Books. Uh, and so uh, find me on social media. Shoot me an email via my website. I always love hearing from readers, and Marcia and I always love staying in touch with readers. Yes, yes. Your wife's name, Marcia, right? And uh, Fran, I know where we can find you, but you also have a blog talk show, so tell everybody where they can reach you. You can find me on MJ Network. That's my, my, my uh, handle on blog talk. Uh, you can find me on Twitter rather on the Fresnelina, which is what my sister used to call me, one of many names. Um, you can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on my review site, Just Reviews. And everybody, for some reason, has found my email address, so I don't have to even give that out. People find it from all over the world and just say, I'm going to send you something without even knowing it. And how do, well, how do they find, find out? Address? Because a lot of people ask me, and I have to ask you first. Yeah. I don't know. How do they find you? Because a lot of times you, I don't. You, I don't have, know. But this week I, I got ten strange people, and one sent me a book <laughs> from England, and I go like, "How did you know where to send it? Don't even tell me. I don't even right. want to know." Yeah. yeah. They said yeah. one one guy was very polite, and he said, "I read all of your reviews. Now would you write read my read my book?" Oh, that was I go, nice. how could That's I, a good thing. How could how could I that say no? Nice. So how could you say no then? How can you say no? Yeah, well, you if somebody would take the medical book I have to read and read it, I would be so much happier because that's the book I don't want to read. It's a medical book. <laughs> All right. Well, Brian, thank you so much. And Fran, thank you as always. And uh, it's been a fun show. And I think uh, I've got some notes here myself. So, Brian, I really appreciate it. And everybody can find me at MarciaCasperCook.com. And I got that name. I don't know. That's because I thought it was cute at the beginning. And now I don't think it's cute. <laughs> but that was that. <laughs> I, I should have just, I thought, oh, maybe I'll just put my maiden name in there. And now it's stuck. So what can I say? All right. Everybody have a great day. And thank you so much. Vote and wear a mask. Have a good day. Thank you. Thank you. Bye-bye.
Yeah. 